The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Don't be a troll hole. Don't be a troll hole. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and dragons coming home. And we are not even talking about the final season of Game of Thrones that starts on April 14th either. Don't get me ripped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You still got a little bit to go here. That's true. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we're finally back after an unintended hiatus. Uh, So we've got news galore and also our annual look at popular tax scams to be on the lookout for. That's right. It's an annual look. Yes. But first, some uh, news and some Kaiser Kaiser ring, maybe. Absolutely. You know what? I have to talk about something really serious and very important. Is this a Kaiser PSA here? Yeah, it's a Kaiser PSA. The more you know. Yes. Okay. One thing that really bothers me deeply and is something that needs to be addressed, I think, immediately, are the sound effects in comic books. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. the pow, bim. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's talk about this. People out there, I take this stuff very seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay? Comic books have been my life since I was a child. Yes, and so you're talking about the Starburst sound effects exactly. with... The biff, bam, pow. Yeah, okay. okay. Can we start a petition, petition.org, to get rid of Krakum and every variation of Krakum out there? Have you seen this? It's is this like, a DC Marvel or Universal it's a DC, thing? I, I'm I'm hoping it's only DC because yeah. I'm I'm fully in DC now. By the way, I don't yeah. I barely read the last Marvel series I read was Vision, okay, which was so. a great series by the way. But I'm fully in the whole DC environment. Okay, and every single book I read uses some variation of Krakum or Krakakum to indicate this huge, either an explosion or Superman punching something yeah, like into like a the bone breaking kind of. Exactly. You think this is some kind of in-house joke where, you know, like Alfersfeld had the Ninas and you'd look for, and so maybe DC's got to put a Krakum in every I book. I guess so. I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, I can understand, you know, like Thwip for Spider-Man yeah. and Snicked for uh, for Wolverine. Yeah, with the claws coming right. out. Yeah. But Krakakum, it just, it sounds ridiculous and it takes me completely out yeah. of the story. And that, you know, with a comic book, when you're talking about... Yeah, if it takes you out of a comic <laughs> yeah, book. Exactly. It's pretty bad. I mean, seriously, I'm going to start a petition.org thing mm-hmm. because this has to stop. Yeah. It has to stop in our lifetime. It, it also kind of sounds like a snack food. Like, does, you know, get me a bag of crackooms because, like, you know, Star Trek Discovery's see, on. Now, now it's going to be even worse. The next book I read is going to be even worse. Yeah. And by the way, just while we're on the topic of comic books, everyone out there has to read the Mr. Miracle uh, series, uh, the mini, like it was a 12 issue run in DC. Uh-huh. Have you read it? I have not. No. Read it. It's just an, an incredibly well done comic book. And I'm not a big fan of that Kirby fourth world thing. Uh-huh. I mean, dark side, yeah. I understand, but you know, like that big Barda and, you know, granny goodness. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, that was the one where like everyone had like the giant job. Yes, like, exactly. I mean, it was right, a Kirby, yeah, yeah. Kirby trademark. Yeah, I remember I mean, big Barda kind of looked like a truck driver. Right. Exactly. They, they actually softened her up a little bit. Oh, really? Now she, she now she's Barda? just, no, now it's not just big, you know, thick yeah. Barda. It's she, she's tall. Okay. Basically. She looks like a model now, like all the other so comic books. Exactly. Exactly. The names are stupid. And they, I never liked the whole fourth world thing. You know, forgive me Kirby fans, but Hey, come on. Yeah. Was, was it your cup of tea? No, it wasn't my company. But, but you liked this uh, Mr. An Miracle amazing, thing. An amazing book series. I mean, it really was. It took me completely by surprise. Very adult content, 
But, you know, it's like, it's just really well done. But Tom King, the guy, he did Batman. He was mm-hmm. great stuff. Just check it out. Anyway, that's my comic book rant. All right. So so up for Mr. Miracle and down for Crackoon. Now, oh, how are you yeah. on Boing Flip or some of the more creative? <laughs> Remember the Boing Flip yes. from Alan McBeal? Yes, yeah. yes. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm good with Kapow. I'm good with Kapow. Yeah, I mean, Kapow's kind of classic. Yeah, exactly. That's you a know, classic. It's, and it's a good sort of portmanteau of... Yeah. of Bone breaking sound. I was never and... big on the Biff. I never understood Biff. Yeah. And you're like, it, it was on the Batman show a lot too. Biff. What yeah. was that? I don't get it. Yeah. I and mean, I always thought it was kind of like this uh, fist glancing yeah. off. But uh, Right. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm sure there's some kind of academic study on this somewhere too we should look up. The show's off the rails. Yeah, all right. Well, let's see if we can, like, edge it back yeah, into, you know, try. get the switch here at the well, rail yard try. and see if we can get on track here. <clears throat> well. Crack home. Yes. <laughs> That I think it was one of those. Sounds like one of the incantations from Buffy yes. season two oh, when Shazam. Willow's trying to. It sounds like a Shazam. Thing. You know, she's trying to get Angel to. Never mind. You see, you see what I mean? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, I think I've got. I think I've got JD on board. Yeah, yeah, I think you do. Although all I right. want to go back and watch the two-parter Buffy season under from season two. Oh, there then. you go. There anyway, you go. all right, on to the news. On to the news. We've seen Teddy Roosevelt busting trusts at the turn of the 20th century, but could Democratic presidential candidate Senator Elizabeth Warren be aiming to break up the big technology companies here in the 21st century? Whoa. I don't know if you saw her out uh, kind of testing driving these uh, yeah. proposals on the campaign trail. I'm trying to stay away from politics. Yeah, it's it's a little dicey, but yeah. she kind of went into the tech playground here with this wow. one. So I thought, well, that's kind of fair game. Now, if elected, Senator Warren of Massachusetts has proposed busting up tech giants like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google with regulation. Regulation. Uh, This regulatory plan of hers would promote competition and safeguard small businesses by reversing some of the tech mergers and stopping companies from competing on their own platforms and just completely monopolizing everything for everyone else. Hmm. Among the mergers she said she'd undo would be Facebook's uh, merger with WhatsApp and Instagram and uh, Google's acquisition of the Waze traffic app, and also Amazon's takeover of Whole Foods. I guess she wasn't a fan of that either. Wow, okay. Uh, Senator Warren said she would also stop practices like Amazon selling its own Amazon Marketplace platform and then using that to pump their own goods out there. Hmm. Now, she outlined her proposals in a post of her on the Medium blog site, and it's still way too early to see if, you know, she's still, she hasn't even been nominated as a candidate yeah, no. for the actual election yet, but uh, she's starting to kind of roll stuff out. Maybe she's just trying to get some attention because there are, I think, about 73 people in the Democratic <laughs> primary already. Yeah, pretty much. And I can't keep track of them, but maybe she's trying to stand out a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe. I think, you know what? Not for nothing, this isn't going to fly. Yeah, that, I think happen. big tech is... I'd be a, shocked. Literally, like, gobsmacked. Yeah, I think she might also encounter some legal I think problems she with that. Yeah. But speaking of blogs and also big companies, uh, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg recently made a 3,200-word post of his own that got people talking last week. Zuckerberg posted that he wants to reboot Facebook away from intended and unintended public sharing uh, and move it towards private encrypted and ephemeral messaging. You saw the story. I'm sure we were like, what is going on over there? And I have thoughts. You have thoughts. Okay, well, let, let me get through my spiel here and then we will pop open your thoughts here. Now, Zuckerberg wrote, as I think about the future of the Internet, I believe a privacy-focused communications platform will become even more important than today's open platforms. Mm. He went on to say the future of communication will increasingly shift to private encrypted services where people can be confident that what they say to each other stays secure and their messages and content won't stick around forever, end quote. 
So what this will mean for the governments trying to um, crack down on Facebook's rather lax approach to, you know, privacy, data security, hate speech, exploitation and misinformation is still unclear at this point. And some skeptics have pointed out that it would uh, be harder to track and also blame Facebook for some of those uh, problems if they are not out in the open. Nick Bilton, you remember he uh, used to uh, work for a very large newspaper uh, Mm -hmm. here in the New York metropolitan area. He went over to Vanity Fair. He was another one of the skeptics, I suspect, like yourself. Bilton went on to write, but of course Zuckerberg wants to have his privacy cake and eat it too. In an interview with Wired editor-in-chief Nick Thompson shortly after he released his manifesto, Zuckerberg appeared to kind of walk back the big pivot, quote, it's not that Facebook and Instagram are going to be less important for what they're doing. It's just that people sometimes want to interact in a town square and sometimes they want to interact in the living room. And I think that's the next big frontier. This is Zuckerberg explaining that he's not going to totally get rid of the open platform, Mm -hmm. to which Bilton observed, "Uh, that doesn't sound like the Facebook advertising panopticon is going to go away. It sounds like a feint in which Facebook can keep reaping the benefits of its lucrative social platform while dominating the market for private encrypted conversations. So that's Bilton's thoughts. You have thoughts as well? I think Bilton nailed it. I think that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to get their cake and eat it too. The other part of the equation is that this is coming off as a serious panic move. And why? Okay, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, incredulously, I was like, what? That Facebook's numbers actually went up in the United States and Europe. But the fact of the matter is they have a deal with Nielsen. I didn't know this until this week where they track people's usage, a percentage of the usage time. And that has declined by 10% Mm. in the United States. So that's a big chunk of people that are not only not using the platform as much as they used it before, but have been deciding like myself to leave the platform because of privacy concerns. And on top of that, like you mentioned in the report, the bottom line is this might make it easier for some of that misinformation to keep bubbling up because now there may not be an opportunity for people to dispel this nonsense. It'll be just festering in this. Yeah, if it's all happening in private back channels where you can't stomp it out. Exactly. So it smells like a total panic move, but... They're also trying to cover their bases. It's a CYA type thing here. Yeah, and the European Union is giving them increasingly harder looks. They've gotten fines. I think that's only going to increase. And even though Elizabeth Warren's uh, proposal here I don't think is going to happen anytime soon, if at all, there have been calls for more regulatory approaches to Facebook and social media because of the problems we've seen. So. So we will see. But yeah, I think you and Mr. Belton here seem to be uh, of a same mind. Yes, I think so. I think so. So uh, in other Facebook news, uh, the social network says it is cracking down on vaccine related misinformation on its platform. Kind of like, I don't know if they're going to go as far as Pinterest and just not show results. But (laughs) Facebook is going to, I guess, try to sweep up some of the anti-vax because we've been having measles outbreaks all over the country. And it's kind of like we shouldn't be going backwards on this stuff. We 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 need to go forward, eradicate all of these illnesses that kill people. And enjoy the benefits of civilization. And like I said, don't put my kids at risk because you're an idiot. Yeah. And that too. Yes. Number one point there. Mm -hmm. And uh, among all this, Facebook also found the time to sue two Ukrainian men. It says we're allegedly using quiz apps to scrape Facebook's users' private data and inject advertisements into their news feeds. And I guess they were doing this for years. According to the lawsuit, the pair convinced users to install malicious browser plugins that were supposed to offer horoscopes or character and popularity tests, which everyone always wants to take. Oh, yeah, everyone but in reality, those. infected about 63,000 Facebook users' browsers. To get around Facebook's restrictions on the use of its Facebook login feature that gets you into places, 
The web apps promised to only collect limited information, but later, once they were installed, they directed users to uh, go ahead and grab these other web browser extensions that gave the hackers access to their users' Facebook's account and all their other social media stuff, too. So, so yeah, some little piggyback stuff going on there. Now, as you know, it's March. Mm-hmm. We've had the daylight savings time thing happen. We've done the clocks forward. Oh, hate don't that. remind me. I hate that so much. Yes. Uh, but with March, uh, in addition to the NCAA March Madness, we also have South by Southwest going yes. on down in Austin, Texas. Uh, this goes on through the 17th of March and has the usual hordes of, you know, celebrities, techies, gamers, and all those folks down there in the Lone Star State. I believe there's already been some video coming out of yeah. Kara Swisher hanging out with Kathy Griffin and having yeah. some chats. Jordan Peele talking about his new movie. Yeah, and so, so it's kind of the, the little spring... Everyone runs to a conference sort of thing. We'll have more on that once it actually wraps up and we can properly assess all the announcements. And the whole point is that everyone I know in the journalism business is sending out emails asking for a place to crash. Yeah. That's all I get. I guess Austin was not built for that amount of influx. Absolutely not. Yes. So so, uh, South by Southwest uh, going on there. Yes. Now, March 10th through the 16th has also been designated as Sunshine Week by... The American Society of News Editors and the Reporters Committee for the Freedom of the Press. Um, I vaguely remembered Sunshine Week. Maybe South by Southwest always kind of like dominated it. it, Yes, overshadowed Sunshine Week, uh, to your point. But as one might imagine, uh, this Sunshine Week has nothing to do with Florida tourism, but instead is the annual nationwide celebration of access to public information and what it means for communities. As an example, the Electronic Privacy Information Center shared 346 pages of documents with BuzzFeed News about how the U.S. Customs and Border Protection uh, Agency is scrambling to install a biometric entry-exit system within the next two years, but might be skimping on rules about how that biometric data can be used. Uh, The agency wants to use facial recognition technology in 20 major U.S. airports and on more than 100 million passengers traveling aboard uh, more than 16,000 international flights per week. The Obama administration uh, did sign this plan into law, so so this wasn't a current administration thing. Right. This was something that had been planned, but they had a slower rollout in mind, and the current administration is accelerating the timeline to get this thing in place within the next couple of years. As BuzzFeed reports, the documents state that there were no limits on how partnering airlines could use the facial recognition data. Those was among one of the privacy concerns, and there were many others, uh, which I'll link to. Customs and Border Patrol has also said uh, that it's going to retain the photos for up to 14 days of non-U.S. citizens departing the country for evaluation of the technology and the assurance of accuracy of the algorithms, which kind of implies that they're going to use those for facial training and matching AI stuff, yes. which is that legit uh, too. So, so, so they've kind of done this document up, and BuzzFeed has has put it out there. So, um, a little something to think about. And yeah, this is a good time to remind people that, as we've been saying all along, the previous administration wasn't that friendly uh, to privacy concerns either. Yeah, so, they they had their yeah, own issues. They so, did indeed. Uh, so you just have to be on guard at all times, no matter who's in power. Yes, indeed. Now, in addition to its uh, lengthy online reporting on that, BuzzFeed also took a stab at creating a print version of its product earlier this month. I don't know if you were around the city when they were handing out this little BuzzFeed newspaper. I thought it was one of those freebies that you can pick up to yeah. read between two stops you know, on, on the train. But I got one, uh, the tiny little BuzzFeed newspaper with little bitty type that I realized I'm old. But yeah, this type is still, I'm too old to read seven point type on a moving vehicle. Oh my God, me too. Um, But they they passed it out. I think they were mainly hitting subway stations around Manhattan and maybe a few in Brooklyn. And there was, well, does this mean BuzzFeed's going to print? The company did state this was a marketing stunt. And not a regular edition of BuzzFeed on Treeware. I think it's a great idea, though. 
I mean, taking an internet page, printing it on paper, right? Yeah. And then selling that, like, I don't know, at, with yeah. magazines and stuff. Yeah, as, as the, one of the BuzzFeed guys, because I got one, and uh, the guy said, this even works in the tunnel. You know, and you, so I was like, okay, so it's, it's offline rating. Um, but yeah, they, they were giving them away for free, and I think there was maybe one or two ads where they got somebody to throw some sponsorship on there. You know what's going to happen? It's going to be like vinyl. Newspapers are going to be like vinyl. Really? We're, we're going to have to find them in the special rack and margin. Yeah, in about five years, hipsters are going to be like, it's cool to read newspapers now. Yes, my long-form reading skills yes. are just so much more nourished. Yes. Than yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, where you cannot hold your attention span for longer than one listicle. <sighs> now, um, moving on, Mike Doyle, Democrat of Pennsylvania, and Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts, also a Democrat, have uh, introduced new legislation called the Save the Internet Act. Uh, they did this back on March the 6th. This proposed law seeks to overturn the repeal of the net neutrality rules by the Federal Communications Commission and reinstate the 2015 Open Internet Order and all of those strong net neutrality rules that came with it. Excellent. Uh, the bill joins existing suits and legislative efforts around the country to restore those original rules, including uh, one even this week by the Colorado State Senate, Now, while the FCC's original repeal also preempted states from creating their own regulations, like we're making this law and you can't make your own, you know, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. that really hasn't stopped a lot of states from going ahead anyway. I believe Democratic lawmakers in California, New Jersey, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, at a minimum, already passed uh, their own legislation or resolutions that try to reinstate or support net neutrality. Several states are also suing the FCC. I believe that's where New York falls. Mm -hmm. I was curious as to what this uh, Save the Internet Act looked like. Is it going to be like 300 pages of of beautiful legislative stuff? And as you know, I like to download bills. Yes, you do. You like that And so I did this one, and it's only three pages long. Uh And I'm like, well, this is awfully short. And you got it on big paper, too. Yeah, because, you know, old, need the big type. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's basically all they're saying. This this act may be cited as the Save the Internet Act of 2019, the whole thing is just to restore the open internet order so they don't have to go through and say what they want to do. Right, right, right. They're just saying, you know, they took three pages here to say, we want to go back to that other thing, and this is the act that's going to, we're going to pass to, to bring yeah. all that back. Remember so. that thing that you took away? We want it back. Yeah. So, so they, and it's not even a full three pages, it's maybe two and a half. Wow. So, um, brief reading if you do like to read bills with a nice uh, House of Resolutions uh, typeface there. And you do. I do. You know, yeah. it's, you know, you got to know what the government's doing. I think, you know what? I honestly think, you you know what? I, this may be a total aside and whatever you want to call it, but people need to watch Schoolhouse Rock. Do you remember that thing? Oh, yes. I watched them all in the 70s. There you go. I mean, you know, then you understood. You understood. Even if you didn't study it in school. Yeah. At least you understood how I'm just a bill. Exactly. Then you understood everything about this. Yeah. People have lost, I think. I think we I need think so. Something we need a schoolhouse rock for the 21st century. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll post a link to the bill for yes, people like me who also like to read legislation. Yes. Now, uh, moving on uh, in streaming news, word has it that Disney's upcoming Disney Plus streaming service will open the infamous Disney Vault that once kept the Mouse House classics in limited rotation and make the entire film library available to subscribers. They better. Yes, I, I, as a, a parent, how, how big was Disney for my kids? Somewhat, but mm. for Mrs. Kaiser, huge. She, she, She's a big Disney movie fan. Yeah. Big animated Disney fan. And they, well, they set the standard and they've been making these beautiful animated pictures of what since Snow White was like the 30s or something. Yep. She used to buy every single version that came out on VHS and on DVD and on Blu-ray. I see. So... 
do you th- suspect to oh. be subscribing to the service? When it, uh... I guarantee you we're going to. I'm just going to say right now. The, the Kaiser family is going to be going into this Disney Plus for various reasons. Yes, and it has been confirmed by Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger. Uh, I guess he made an announcement last week in an mm-hmm. investors meeting to mm-hmm. say, hey, the vault's going to open and all of those movies because they would they would sort of release like Cinderella and as soon as it sold out, like all the DVDs, yeah, they, they would take it off the market yep. and then it'd come back in seven years or whatever. Yep, and they'd redo it, they'd remaster it, they'd redo yeah. this, they'd, they'd tweak that. Yeah. So maybe they figured they've done enough of that and... And uh, the entire Disney, I mean, there are a ton of films because they yeah. did many, yeah, not only animation, but, but they I had guarantee, the live action stuff. Guarantee you Song of the South is not going to be in there. Yeah, I think they made uh, that that yeah. one did not. Uh, That's not going to make the cut. Yeah. Uh, problematic. Disney animation for the wife. Star Wars for the kid. Marvel for me and the other kid. Okay, so so there's something for every member of the Absolutely. Kaiser household here. Absolutely. And of course, I cross all genres. Yes, so so you you enjoy them all. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. All right, so Disney's got that coming. NBC Universal plans to launch NBC News Now, which is an ad-supported news service that will transmit via broadband and is going to be free to anyone. And you don't even have to have that cable TV subscription. We have to log yeah, in your credentials cool. just to watch them broadcast. But you're saying the name wrong. It's NBC Now. Oh yes, NBC Now. now. News Now. Yes, you get the impatience yeah, factor exactly. in there. So. Yeah. So, so they're busy over there at NBC. And in our third little nugget of streaming news, uh-huh. uh, Comedy Central has launched a YouTube Originals channel. Wow. This is new shows on this Comedy Central Originals YouTube will include uh, Well-Read Comedy, which is a sketch series from the perspective of real-life millennials and progressives who grew up in the South, and uh, parodies both small-town America and biased coastal presumptions about what it means to grow up below the Mason-Dixon line. So they're going to make fun of Southern people? Uh, well, they're Southern people making fun of both Southern culture and what people think of Southern culture. I've seen oh, okay. a couple of them, and they're kind of a little well-rounded. It's, it's sort of regional humor yes. where they're laughing at themselves, and then they will take out anyone who makes assumptions about them. Okay. The, right, the guy, uh, Trey Crowder, the guy who does the liberal redneck, is yeah, yeah, one of the ones in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's got a track record. He of, does. Okay. Know, fairly strong stuff. Fair enough. So that's uh, one of the shows. Uh, there's also one called Comedians Solve World Problems. See, I wanted to do a podcast many, many years ago called Two Guys from the Bronx Solve the World's Problems. And you they should, beat me to it. I could have gotten a channel. YouTube original. Yeah. Damn. I, mean, I imagine the, the two guys from the Bronx would probably have some slightly different approaches yes, to the problems would, yeah. and comedians. And would. a lot of cussing. Yes. A lot um, of cussing. It's still not too late. Yeah, it's true. Know. All right, now in NASA news, nerds everywhere watched the successful splashdown of the automated SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule uh, when it landed back on Earth after completing its test mission to the International Space Station. Nice. That was last week. I was glued to NASA TV all morning. It Absolutely. Was, and it landed, per, they said it's going to come down at 8.45 Eastern time. It landed Bam. right at 8.45. Like Bam. they had done the math and timed oh, this yeah. out. It was a beautiful thing. And we haven't really seen splashdowns since no. like the later Apollo missions. That's right. Uh, and so this thing comes down with the four parachutes. Uh, this mission was known as Demo-1, and they're saying it's a critical step for NASA and SpaceX uh, to demonstrate the ability to safely fly missions with NASA astronauts to the space station because, as you know, we've been hitching ride on yeah. the Russian Soyuz capsules. Yeah, I think not... it's like $75 million a seat there, which is yeah, a but... little pricey for a transit ticket. Plus, you know, the relationship's kind of iffy right yeah, now. Yeah, you we're know, going, they, they, you we're know, having some trust issues. We're having some trust issues, yeah. Yeah, so... SpaceX, the, the private contractor uh, and company owned by Elon Musk, has uh, created Tony this. Stark. Yes, Tony Stark. This crew dragon capsule, which was pretty much all automated, and it flew up there and it took some stuff and it docked to the International Space Station, and then it undocked itself and flew back and, and came down. And they could they had video and they could communicate with it. 
The capsule came back from the station with research samples from scientific investigations, as well as an anthropomorphic test dummy named Ripley that was covered in sensors. Ripley? That was gonna, yes, Ripley, Ripley. They did that on nice. purpose. Uh, and it was going to provide data about potential effects on humans traveling in the crew dragon capsule. So they have this space dumb- lettuce? No space lettuce? I don't know if any of the space lettuce came back, but right. Ripley was in there because they have, they're going to eventually have to do this with real astronauts, with real astronauts and they right. wanted to see what the effects would be on humans. And so they wired up this mannequin with all these sensors and got a ton of data from that. So, and I think they're going to try to do a crew mission later this year. So. Is that Tesla still flying out? I, in I space? Believe it's, yeah. I think once you kind of shoot it up there, it's, it's not it's, coming back. Yeah, it's not coming back. Okay. Yeah. So his enough. car is still up there okay. uh, in orbit too. Nice. So yay, but it was, it was beautiful just to see the oh, splashdown. Yeah. That's and, always. And everyone oh, going nuts in the control room. Man, I miss that so much. You have no idea. And finally. And finally. The new Captain Marvel movie made $153 million in the U.S. in its opening weekend and $455 million globally, despite uh, sandbagging attempts and troll poop on Rotten Tomatoes. Troll holes. Yes, the troll holes were out. They were trying to, to take down this movie. Why? I don't understand why. Female lead, you know, is perceived, oh, it's so politically correct and has to be, you know, and, <sighs> and some of them, maybe some saw in preview and were trying to, like, lower the ratings. Some... Probably hadn't even seen it, and we're just going out of it. You two be troll holes. Did these guys not see Wonder Woman? I think they didn't care. I think this was a, a some kind of hill they were willing to die on here. Wow. But it, it didn't stop it from making a ton of money. In terms of comparison stats, uh, Captain Marvel's Hall is said to be the biggest ever for a female-fronted film and the second largest for any superhero picture behind Avengers Infinity Wars, which made $640.5 million. A uh, lot, lot of coin there. That's a lot of million. So overall, they say it's the sixth best worldwide debut there. Uh, wow. Huge international opening, and it opened ahead of Star Wars The Force Awakens, I think, by the $100 million or so. Wow. Now, you mentioned Wonder Woman. That one, when DC released that, uh, made $103 million in its first weekend. So hey, Wonder Woman also good. crossed the $100 million. Million that's barrier, right. but but Captain Marvel, 153, 155, yeah, they it was up there. So and it also ties into the uh, the whole Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because so it's going to lead into Endgame, which is uh, coming out right. uh, later this year. Yeah. And it was set in 1995, so if you were, you know, young in your 20s or whatever in the 90s, yeah. there's a lot of jokes. I, I that was are in going my to, teens. Yes, you know, teens. you're just a young thing. I was a youngin. So it and it got great reviews, and the cat is uh, people love the cat. <laughs> Yeah, I think the New York Times reviewer said, I can't hate a movie that's got an orange cat. Yeah, how can you hate a movie with an orange cat? Yes, so so I um, have not yet seen it because I was on deadline all weekend, but it's on my list. No, Um, I'm taking the princessin, so. Congratulations, Captain Marvel. Yes, yes, indeed. So, uh, and that's about it for us on the news uh, segment here. For anyone out there who wants to know more about all the things we talked about and read some of the blog posts and things, you can find it at poptechjam.com. Up next, as we mentioned, it's spring, uh, in addition to South by Southwest. West and Sunshine Week, we also got tax season. We'll talk about that next. Well, April's just around the corner. Have you uh, started your taxes yet? Mm-hmm. You have? Yeah. You did? It's not pretty. No, oh, really? It, well, I've heard some things this year. Now, do you do it on the computer? Do you do the good old-fashioned no, worksheet no, by no, hand? No, 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 no. <laughs> Those days are over. Uh-huh. Like, we give it to some guy. Okay, so you have a... Yeah, we have a guy. Certified public accountant yes, to take care do. of these things for you. Yes, we do. Well, as you know, every year, there's all the stories about... Oh, you know, they're going to be different this year. There's going to be late and mm-hmm. all the changes in the tax laws haven't helped. But there's always the stories about the tech scammers right. who are trying to rip people off. And 
you either steal returns before they're filed or convince people that they owe money to the IRS. And the IRS has been putting up with this for decades. And so they do this thing. Every year, they sort of release their list of like the dirty dozen tax scams Mm -hmm. and also a list of just the stuff to look out for because the game changes every year. The scammers will try slightly different variations. And it always gets people like I, I've had relatives who, oh, my, it's like they're not going to call you in a robot voice and tell you that you owe money. So so the IRS has has put out a few documents. I'm going to link to these. Um, uh, One of them, uh, which they've actually had out for a couple of years, how to know if it's really the IRS calling or knocking on your door. And they list all the things that they don't do, like call to demand immediate payment or a specific payment method like prepaid debit or gift cards. The IRS is not going to ask you for gift cards. Mm -hmm. They also won't demand that you pay your taxes without the opportunity to question or appeal the amount that they say you owe. So if someone says you owe this much and we're going to send the marshals, it's like, no, I, I want to appeal that because you do have that right. But the IRS does not threaten to bring in local police or immigration officers to have you arrested for not paying your taxes. Uh, they don't do that either. Mm-hmm. They will occasionally, you know, they send paper mail. That's one of their things. And you may get a phone call from an IRS person, but usually it's after you've had a case opened. But I will post a link to this just on how they approach you. They're also said be very, you know, just the impersonations are, are off the charts. So just be very careful. Make sure you know who you're talking to. I think when you talk to an IRS agent, they have to have like their employee badge number mm-hmm. or something. You can also, some people will make those up. But but they've got their list of tax scams and consumer alerts, uh, scams targeting taxpayers. One of them, uh, don't be victim to a ghost tax return preparer, uh, an unethical person who you think is your tax preparer, and then they just run off with – because they have all your details, including your social security. Right. So make sure that you go to a legitimate, accredited tax return preparer. Go to H&R Block yeah. if you need to. <laughs> Not some guy you met on the corner. Yeah. He's um, giving you a deal. Yeah. Beware of the tax transcript email scam which uh, a bunch of fraudulent emails in person the IRS, and they, they want to use uh, tax transcripts as bait to get users to open documents containing malware. So if you see something that says, here's your tax transcripts, avoid that. Mm-hmm. The, and there's always uh, scams that kind of happen around filing deadlines, like the big ones in April, but then also around estimating payment times and the right. end of the quarters. October, right. I guess, is apparently a big month. They also say uh, beware of scams related to natural disasters mm, um, yeah. where they call and say, oh, you can write this off or you can do this because you've been in a uh, area that's had a disaster. Yep. So so just so many things to look out for. Uh, they also warn of a new twist on an old phone scam as criminals use telephone numbers that mimic IRS taxpayer assistance centers to tr- uh, trick the taxpayers into paying non-existent tax bills. So they'll spoof the IRS's number or like the mm-hmm. regional center or whatever. So maybe it even comes up on your caller ID as the IRS. Right. But again, because they say we don't do this over the phone, just be very, very suspicious. And they have a whole list of all the impersonation scams that's on there that we'll link to. A few years ago, we had one of those ones where they threatened us with immigration. Uh I'm like, "Uh, folks, I'm Puerto Rican. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Already here, yeah. Click. Yeah. Clearly not even, you know, fans of U.S. Well, they just, apparently they just got the name and they figured, okay, well, they're Latino. Uh, Obviously, they must be afraid of immigration. Yeah. (laughs) Nice try, buckaroo. Yeah, not going to happen today. Not going to happen today. Um, but yeah, the phishing and malware is off the charts too. So people ask you to click on things. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a- Documents, oh, here's your return back. Please click on this to verify it. You know what amazes me? That people who should know better get sucked in by this stuff. I think part of it is just the mental block a lot of people have around the Internal Revenue Service yes. because they have traditionally- they 
been a bit of a heavy yeah. uh, and people just see it and they start to sweat and they've yeah. you know heard stories about audits and people owing thousands of dollars exactly. and everyone a large amount of people here just have this big mental block about the IRS so sure do. so um we'll also link to the uh, this year's dirty dozen schemes which also uh, i guess fake forms are also another thing that's going around There's fake this, forms yes uh, people this are sending them one. i've never heard this yeah, one yeah the, the 1099 mish or the 1099c there's one where they want you to fill it out and like put oh, your credit yes. card number on because the oh right because the 1099 form and a lot of other forms you can fill them out online at the IRS site. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's clever. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, 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 evil, it's crappy and evil, but it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... That's uh, just wrong. Yeah, and, and I won't go through the entire Dirty Dozen here because, you know, people should read it for themselves and yeah, absorb just, it, but I will link to it on our show page, but again... Yeah, check it out at poptechjam.com. Yes, it's such a lovely site, but again, it's tax season. Be on guard more than yeah. ever. I mean, people will rip you off any time of year, but there's certain times uh, as we go through the, the cycles of nature here that are just the holidays and tax yeah. time, I think, or when people just... The filth rises up from the bottom and they're right. trying to rip off innocent people and you just got to have your guard up more than usual. Right. And to your point, first and foremost, if the IRS calls you, there has to have been a case opened already. They won't just call you out of the blue. Yeah. And they're not using like the robot right, right voice exactly. to like, you owe a, yeah. And it's like, no. And they're not going to ask for a gift card. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot pay your IRS bill on iTunes gift right. cards. That and is not a thing. That's not a thing. And it, just because they get in touch with you. Just take a breath. Take a beat. Don't freak out. Don't start clicking stuff willy-nilly just because it's the IRS. Yeah. So much going on. Oh, uh, yeah. And we just have to be. And again, we know most of our listeners are too smart to fall for these yes, things. we do. We are bringing this up mainly just as a reminder and because you may have relatives or associates who are as not as tech savvy as Correct. you are. They're smart and great looking. Yes. And and use, use your skills wisely and benevolently to protect you That's and right. yours Absolutely. from falling from these scams. Yes. So, yes. Um, we will have uh, all kinds of links to how to protect yourself and your family on our show page. Again, what's that lovely address? PopTechJam.com. And with that, we should probably get out of here. Yes, we should. Uh, we should thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes, and thank you, listeners. Uh, yes, all of you, you you handsome, well-trained, techie yes. listeners out there. Great looking. Well-dressed, too. Yes. Well-dressed. Dapper. Dapper. Um, snazzy. Yes, yes. We thank you for uh, riding along with us. Yes. Like, sorry we were sort of inexplicably off for a couple of weeks. I unavoidable. was traveling and I was sick. Yes, and then, it was unavoidable. You know, all of these things conspired to keep us away from the microphone. It was a conspiracy, but, a deep state thing. Yes, but we, we uh, wiggled back in. So, um, <laughs> I don't know why I went to the deep state thing, but... I, yeah, I think it's, you know... It's in the It's air. in the news these days, it's yeah. News, um, but until next time, when we're back with more... Yes. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. Yes, you are. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. And you are not going to crack whom at all, I'm not going to crack whom. Crack whom. See you next time, y'all.